0: Your ATS systems are going to immediately eliminate over 80% of the potential candidate pool right off the bat. That makes it incredibly difficult, especially if you're trying to break in and you've got no experience. And so the way you're trying to break in is by getting certifications. Guess what? You're probably not be able to start out as a penetration tester. You likely will not. I don't care what certifications you get.
1: That's David Belanger. CISO at Maxor National Pharmacy and a very respected member of the Dallas-Fort Worth CISO community talking with me about the challenges faced by those trying to break into cybersecurity. It's a hint at our larger conversation all about mentoring in cybersecurity. We cover being a mentor and a mentee, the goals and values of mentoring, a bit about formal mentor programs, and more importantly, about the best advice both received and given. It's a great conversation and I'm delighted to have David on the show. David, thank you so much for coming on down to The Ranch.
0: Thank you, Alan. Excited to be here. Long-time listener, first-time (laughs) guest. Nice.
2: Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford.
1: All right, so why don't you briefly give us a bit about your background in cyber and a little bit about your day job.
0: Oh, sure. Like most CISOs I know, I came up through the ranks of IT. Uh, I started in desktop support, systems administration. Turning point for me in my career was uh, I was offered an opportunity to help design and and build a 5,000 square foot data center. Shortly after its completion, I was offered an opportunity to be data center manager. Um and so that was my kind of my first foray into the SecOps world. Uh, I was re- responsible for physical security and operational security of the data center. Did that for about a decade uh before I changed companies. Once I changed to a new company, I just started to work my way up from manager to director, infosec officer and then eventually where I am now as CISO at Maxor.
1: Fantastic. So how about the day job a little bit? What do, you, what, do you, what what is your what is your daily life like as CISO?
0: Well, it's a typical CISO role, like you might think. I'm responsible for the overall strategy and governance of the cybersecurity program at Maxor. So we have, I I partner with a really good tactician there who handles all of the day-to-day tactical for the security. Between the two of us, we coordinate and make sure that the direction of the program is all kosher. There's not a whole lot of surprises or anything different from what most healthcare CISOs are experiencing.
1: Okay. Okay. So we're here today to talk about mentoring and being a mentor and being a mentee. And so I thought before we begin, like I always like to do on these shows, is uh, let's define our terms and make sure we're all on the same page before we dive in and start discussing. So mentoring, uh, the mentor-mentee relationship, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, I think in the in the most reductive uh, possible terms, it's simply seeking advice from somebody who has more experience than you.
1: There we go. Um, I, I like could, that.
0: And you can go into you know technicalities of what exactly they're going to give you advice on, but um, I mean I, I you know I've been teaching martial arts for thirty years longer than I've been in cybersecurity or IT, and it's the same thing. You seek advice from somebody with more experience. People who come to me to learn martial arts, people who come to me to get advice on cybersecurity and career. It's kind of an all-inclusive thing. Matter of fact, a, a couple of my mentees do both. They came to me for one and now they do the other. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, a true mentor mentee relationship. I think the boundaries are kind of gray on where you give the advice. It's all up to what, what they need at the time and what they ask you for.
1: I'm with you on the reductive description. I think it's fantastic. What a great succinct, just bam, there it is. But I'm going to put a twist in here. I'm going to say that mentoring in cybersecurity is unique in some ways, especially versus the martial arts. And I had no idea about the martial arts background, by the way. That's totally cool. I'm picturing a whole team of cyber ninjas now. Um, (laughs) So how about mentoring in cybersecurity specifically? What makes it unique?
0: More so even than IT, the landscape changes so rapidly. Never before have I seen so many people who are in completely different fields People who are not even in IT-related fields are coming to me asking to be a mentor, asking for advice on how to get into cybersecurity. I, I don't ever remember when I started my IT career hearing about so many people who were not in IT who wanted to break into the IT field. Right. Um, there was probably a few, but it just seems, I, I don't know what your experience is, it seems exceptional right now. I mentored somebody who was an assistant principal at high school. Uh-huh. They wanted to come out of that, come into cybersecurity. I mentored somebody who was a gospel preacher who wanted to provide for his family. And, and I can probably give you half a dozen more examples of people who are in a completely different field. Yeah. Wanting to make the move. You, you
1: mentioned that. and I'm sitting here, I'm going through the database now and I'm looking at my whole past career. I would argue that when I got my start in IT, nobody wanted to be in IT. Everybody wanted to be in engineering or, you know, like mm-hmm. like IT was considered to be sort of the redheaded stepchildren of the shop. It was uh, yeah. an off to the side, down in the basement kind of role. It was, you uh, All the you engineers
0: want to be architects so they right. don't have to be up in the middle of the night.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the IT guys wanted to be engineers, not IT guys, because, you know, mm-hmm. e- even just that whole cost center versus making the company's products and that kind of thing. So. No, nobody wanted to break into IT when I was coming up through the IT ranks. And now in cyber, you're right. There's a huge influx of interest, which is strange. Yeah. We're actually launching a second show. I'll go ahead and announce it here on this show. Mustafa Kebe, who I'm sure you know, uh, CISO yeah. it brings here yeah. in DFW. He's a great guy. Yep. He and I are going to be co-hosting a show called The Path to CISO. And the whole idea is we're going to find folks that have non-traditional paths to the CISO ranks. Like like you said at the beginning, Yeah, like everyone else I came up through IT, I did too. But there's a yeah. bunch of us that didn't, that have these really interesting paths. And I think these folks that are coming to you now that are, what did you say, a gospel preacher and, a, and an assistant principal at a high assistant school. yeah. yeah. So, so these folks one day will be CISOs maybe. And so... I want to inspire people and give that story of, you know, how did you break into CISO? Well, I came from this completely bizarre path that nobody would predict or think about. And we're actually going to get Jessica as our first guest, hopefully, knock on wood with her ballerina story, right?
0: Great. Yeah, she'll be a good guest.
1: I'm giving that away now. She may say no, and I'm going to be totally embarrassed, but uh, that's the goal. I I want her on the show with her ballerina story. So... Let's talk about the goals of mentoring. I'm going to argue that it goes beyond career advice. It gets into personal branding, even maybe assistance in identifying and finding jobs. Like to to me, it's more than just I've got some advice to give you in cyber. There's there's the whole career progression. There's the whole branding component. Like what else? What else to you? You've got you've got lots of mentees. What are some conversations and topics you cover?
0: Yeah, so. So the you know a lot of people when they start out they say I want to be in cybersecurity but the the thing about being in cybersecurity is there's so many different layers and paths you can go down. Um so you you know it really it really is beneficial for somebody starting out to have a mentor to help them develop that long-term strategy. Uh personal branding is Absolutely critical now for anybody. Here's the things I think back to my father. My my father worked at Mass Mutual Life Insurance as a business analyst, retired after thirty years of service. That's a rarity now.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: it, look at security, and and I'll, I'm shocked when somebody has eight to ten years at the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the turnover is just ridiculous, and you know, part of that is has always been a problem in IT, and is an exceptional problem in security now is that year after year companies give you a two or 3% salary increase. Yeah. Right. So you're left with no choice, but to, to change to a different job, if you want to get a higher increase, just, just to keep up with the market. Yeah. The Market yeah, yeah. is moving so much faster. So um, the other problem is, you know, there's not really that company to employee loyalty, nor Employee to company loyalty, and it's for really a lot of the same reasons. Companies will say, you know, if people are are leaving, and we'll just hire somebody else. Um, in security, that's getting to be a bit of a problem
1: because, right, cause, right,
0: you know, the skill shortage is, is there. Though some of that, I do believe, is a misconception, which we can talk about a little yeah. bit later. I do think there is a bit of a problem, but I think I think it's a little bit exaggerated, mistakenly by some some key things that are affecting it. Yeah. But I think that everybody who's in IT, cybersecurity, or quite frankly, in corporate America, they need to be prepared for the moment when the new equity company comes in and buys you out and eliminates 20, 30, 40% of the staff to make the books look better. And you suddenly find yourself out of work.
1: Right. Either, either because you were too expensive or whatever it might be. And that's and that's one thing I yeah. always try to impress on people is, you know, those kinds, of, especially when PE comes in and snaps you up, those exits, you should never take it personally. You should never feel like it was performance related because it is, it is literally just crunching numbers. I, I was yeah. in one experience myself where everybody whose salary was above X got whacked. And it was literally that simple. So just just a quick aside there that people shouldn't take that one on the chin and feel as if it's a a negative thing about themselves. But you're right. It's an event they should be prepared for because I think it's completely, uh, unfortunately, a very common event these days.
0: Right. And so the personal branding is where you need to go. You need to get out there in the community. You need to build your network outside of where you are currently working. Mm -hmm. So when that moment comes, you can reach out to people and say, this is what happened. Do you know anything? Right, I think the whole job search dynamic has has flipped from where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll go into that in, in a minute. But when you're a mentor for somebody who is new, you need to be able to provide that guidance to them. Like I said, there's multiple different paths to go into security. So yep. helping someone figure out what their strategy is both a short-term and a long-term strategy is, is a key thing that a mentor should do. So if there's mm-hmm. somebody who's out there who hasn't been a mentor and wants to be a mentor, this is good advice for them. You should help your mentee develop both a short and a long-term strategy and, and help them try to figure out where they're headed in security because it's hard to help give somebody advice and guide them and where they need to go mm-hmm. if they don't know where they're going.
1: Right. Right.
0: And they may change where they want to go along the way. But my recommendation is always like, do you think you want to be an executive eventually? And a a lot of times the mentee will say yes or say no. Right. Uh, But if they say yes, you send them down a different path. Mm -hmm. And part of their short term goals might be to get land a supervisory position. Right. And you can help guide them towards that.
1: Get that first frontline manager role.
0: As a CISO, a lot of times I'll recommend go get another mentor who's in a supervisory role position, like the role that you want to get and bounce, you know, bounce ideas off of them and ask them questions and see what kind of struggles they're dealing with. I've been in manager role, but man, it's been a couple of decades. I I don't know that I necessarily remember the pain I was going through at the time and the, yeah. and the pains the pains of 20 years ago are not the pains of today either so No
1: they're not it it has completely changed and that's you know it's funny i get a lot of folks that are new to the industry that come to me looking for you know some mentorship and and i've got several mentees that i work with but they're all further along in their careers and i always tell the folks that are brand new i'm like i'm not the guy you want like i'm i'm useless to you yeah. I've got ancient yeah. memories of, of the long ago days from the before times, you know, like before times, <laughs> I'm not, you know, e- even if I could yeah. truly internalize and remember those experiences, they wouldn't, to your point, be the same experiences you're going to go through today anyway, because it was a very different story back then, uh, to our it's earlier definitely. point. Nobody even wanted to be in it back then. We were the redheaded stepchildren back in those days.
0: Exactly. We're from the green bar era.
1: Yep. There you go.
0: all. All your millennial listeners are like, "What? That's a the what? green bar. What What's are you a talking green about?" Bar? Well, at least it's not the punch card era.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, that was my dad. He was. Uh, I remember my dad bringing yep. home boxes of punch cards.
0: We used them as bookmarks. Yep.
1: There you go. I'm a big believer that everybody, no matter where they are in their career, except maybe at the very, 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 very beginning of their career, should be both a mentor and a mentee. I'm a big believer in the, in the sort of the pass it on mindset in the, we carry each other upward mindset. How about you? Are you, do you have mentors? Do you have, obviously you have mentees, you've mentioned that, but do you have mentors as well? Do you, do you believe that theory that we should all be doing this both directions?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essential too. And while I don't have a single person or persons that I call a mentor, um, I, I'm a I'm a listener and a learner. And I pay attention to what other people say very closely. Um, and I have a lot, I have probably 12 to 20 CISOs in the area who I'm close with mm-hmm. that I will ask questions of regularly. Yep. Um, and I consider them the, not only colleagues, but, uh, but I consider them mentors too. Yeah. Some of them I have more years experience than, some of them I don't. One of the things that I've learned is you can, there is something to learn from just about everyone.
1: Absolutely. I mean you
0: know, I've I've learned stuff from my mentees. Yeah. Uh just in conversations and listening to their stories and things yep. like that. So um you know I don't think anybody should ever be gar- arrogant enough to not be able to learn something yep. from everyone that they interact with. Yeah. But it's critical. I I I think you're hitting on something. I think that I've known some colleagues who don't have mentees and refuse to have mentees mm. and have not done it. Yeah, I think they're missing out on something. I really do. Matter of fact, not to leave the subject a whole lot, but in my martial arts training, in my system, it is a requirement to have students in order to advance to the black belt level. Nice. It's a requirement yeah. to be able to teach and to have your own students uh, like because it. it's just that important. You're forced to think about things on another level when you have to explain it to somebody who doesn't necessarily know it. Yep. A lot of times we do things just because we've always done them that way and mm-hmm. we've always do it and you do it repeatedly. It's tacit. But when the, when I'm forced to break it down and explain why I'm doing it, you think about it on a different level.
1: Right. You you and get I critical of your own processes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Start, exactly. And I think I taking it, it apart I think it's obvious why people need a mentor, especially yeah. if you're just starting out, if you're not in cybersecurity, I think it's not impossible, but it's going to be a lot harder to get where you want to go without a mentor.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I went way too many years in the early stages without one. I finally had one good boss, one CEO who who sort of pulled me aside and saw the potential in me, even though I was a jerk when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was one of those thought I knew everything and knew nothing sort of kids when I was when I was getting started in the industry. I just, you know, I was one of those people. I I, I had relied on my intelligence up to that point and thought that was going to carry me through and didn't think I had to have a work ethic to go with it. I was a mess. And uh, (laughs) the CEO pulled me aside and started offering me at the beginning unasked for advice, but advice that I most definitely needed to hear. And that was my first real experience with mentoring. I didn't report to him. I reported to somebody who reported to somebody to him, but he saw this potential in me and said, you know what? I'm going to give you some hard advice, but I think you need to hear it. And, And the relationship sort of began that way. And it got to where I visited him once a week and learned from him and just gained all kinds of wisdom. And I shortcutted so many life lessons that I would have had to learn the hard way. Just by believing in this guy and distilling his wisdom, he was distilling his wisdom, and I was receiving. I was willing to receive it, and it—oh my goodness—it it turned my whole career around. I, I literally—I I reached out to this guy recently on LinkedIn. I found him again after twenty-something years. Wow! And I reached out to this guy on LinkedIn literally just last week, and and said to him like, "I don't know if you remember me, but you were instrumental." In my development in my career, and and I cited some stories and some of the wisdom, some of the guidance he gave me, and it took a while, and we we kind of sh- traded some stories back and forth, and then we both honed in on, oh yeah, I remember you, you're that guy that the thing with this, you know, and we had stories about each other, and it was just a really rewarding thing, and I, and I'm sure he felt a huge amount of gratitude from here's this guy twenty Not years bad. later saying how influential I was in his career, and I just I really was grateful I had that opportunity to tell him that.
0: That's great. It's extremely satisfying being a mentor, helping somebody.
1: Let's pause right there and hear a brief word from our sponsor.
2: Axonius has crossed the chasm, the first company to solve the cybersecurity asset management problem. Gartner has recognized Cyber Asset Attack Surface Management, Chasm, as a category in their Hype Cycle for Network Security 2021 report. Axonius gives its customers a comprehensive, always up-to-date asset inventory, helps uncover security gaps, and automates as much of the manual remediation as you want. Take a look at Exonius and give your teams time back to work on the high-value cyber initiatives they were trained to do.
1: So what about formal mentor programs? I've worked in some companies that had those and set those up where it's like, okay, anybody that's willing to be a mentor, sign up here. And then anyone who wants to be a mentee, sign up here. And I've had I've had a few mentees cross my desk from that. And I've had a few mentors cross my desk from those kinds of programs. What's your take on those versus the more organic, natural sort of, you know, everything you've described up to this point has been people that have approached you and you've had conversations and it kind of turned into a thing. Like, what's your what's your take on the programs? Are they successful? Or are they useful?
0: I haven't had a lot of experience with the programs. Late last year at North Texas ISSA, who I'm on the board of directors for, we had our cybersecurity conference at Cullen College, and it was the first year that we did a speed mentoring event, and it was very well received. But that was a really good opportunity for both mentors and mentees. I got to to speak with about six people Mm -hmm. who were just looking for advice, Um, and each of them spoke with about six to eight other mentors who were there. And you'd get about five minutes and just, you just let them pick your brain and you give them some advice. Uh But ISSA is, we just had a conversation today, as a matter of fact, about launching a more in-depth mentor mentee program going forward. Mm -hmm. That'll be similar to the speed, maybe having something with a little more time rather than doing the, you know, the whole speed uh, mentoring thing. Right. But um, I have actually not experienced a program. Everyone who has come to me has been uh, recommended has been a recommendation through somebody I know, uh-huh. who they expressed an interest to somebody in the field, and they said, "Hey, you should talk to Dave Belanger. He's a friend of mine." Right on. Uh, and that's how they that's how they came to me. Yeah, the organic um, connections. Yeah, and you know what? I would love to see a lot more because I think there are people out there who struggle with trying to find a mentor. Mm-hmm. And my advice to any listeners who who are looking for a mentor is: start going to networking events listen to the CISO panel, listen to speakers, see if you have a connection with any of them, go introduce yourself and just ask them. Yeah, And I'll tell you that all of the CISOs that I know would not turn you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they would accept you as a mentee, you know, depending on what other people they're mentoring. But I think that I think that's, you know, where it starts.
1: Right. I was going to say bandwidth for me is the only constraint. I'm always willing to help. And everyone everyone knows this about me. But the problem is everyone knows this about me. And I end up, you know, in a given week talking to
0: <laughs> three dozen
1: people. And at some point it's like, I can't take three dozen in one.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say, I never say no. So people I don't even know will ask yep. me questions on LinkedIn and I'll have conversations that span a couple of weeks. I don't have any single mm-hmm. person that I would call a mentee right now, but... I've probably got half a dozen that just periodically yeah. ask questions on, on LinkedIn or whatever. I always make time for them and answer the questions.
1: Yeah, I try to as well. And, and honestly, I, I really think, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to brag on DFW a little bit, but you know, I came up here from Austin. I've been in DFW three years now. And to me, the DFW CISO community is more tightly knit than any mm-hmm. I've ever experienced. Yep. And it's not like I was just in Austin. I traveled around and, you know, I've, I've, I've seen other communities I'm really impressed with how much the DFW community seems to rally together, how much the CISOs know each other, care about each other, support each other, to your point, sort of collaborative cross-mentoring kind of stuff going on, uh, involvement with ISSA, involvement with all the groups, the, the, the conferences, everything else it's refreshing to me to have these faces that I'm like, oh, yay, it's you yeah. again. And get to see people and, you know, like the DFW community is really tight. And I definitely recommend to anybody in the area anyway, attend the conferences because we're all there. Yep. And you'll get to meet, you'll get to meet the whole community and start to get ushered into what, what I'm seeing to be this fantastic family. Like, I'm so excited that I, and I just, you know, Cecil and Jamin and all these guys that I've met, I... and Randy and you, and like, it's just, it's just so cool to me. So I love that about DFW.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, let's touch on it a little bit more. You talked about those that are first trying to break in, maybe those who've gotten laid off. What's your general advice? Let's assume that somebody doesn't have the cycles or you don't have the cycles and you can't truly mentor them over a period of time. What good general purpose advice do you give our listeners who are trying to break in, transitioning jobs, just been laid off?
0: Well, I, you know, there's a couple of problems out there right now in the job search world. The two main ones that come to mind are the ATS systems. The automated Mm -hmm. systems that filter out candidates based on a predetermined set of criteria. And the other problem is antiquated human resources practices. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and the biggest example that I can give is penetration testers. Mm -hmm. If you just do a quick Google search, over 80% of self described hackers, penetration testers, whatever you want to call them, have no formal education, including certifications, they are self taught. Uh Uh, And a lot of them are Uh, Mm anti-certification. And if you go start searching right now for penetration tester job descriptions, jobs out there, uh, you'll find quite a few that require a bachelor's degree or require CISSP. Yeah. I mean, your ATS systems are going to immediately eliminate over 80% of the potential candidate pool right off the bat. Right. And and it's that makes it incredibly difficult, especially if you're trying to break in and you've got no experience, and so the way you're yeah. trying to break in is by getting certifications. Guess what? You're probably not going to be able to start out as a penetration tester. You likely will not. Right. I don't care what certifications you get. It's going to be incredibly difficult to become a penetration tester right off the bat. So, um with some of my mentees, what I've done if they have no IT background if they're coming out one in particular, I I recommend that he land on a help desk. And here's the thing. Almost every position in IT deals in some way, shape or form now with something security related. So my advice to him was get on a help desk, put your time in, ferret out the tickets that have to do with responding to viruses or whatever. Go talk to your supervisor, say, hey, can you send these tickets to me? Yeah become the subject matter expert on responding to virus tickets on the help desk, guess what? You've now got experience in security. I mean, without lying or whatever, you can put that as security experience on your resume and go into detail. You can bolster your own experience in dealing with a security-related subject matter and then pivot that into an actual security role. Well, guess what? He did that for about a year and a half. He was on the East Coast, and he just landed late last year a security analyst role, his first official security position here in DFW, yes. and he's, he's been quite successful. And that would be my well advice done. to people. To, if you can't get a mentor, go get an IT position if you're trying to break yeah. into the field. Any IT position, probably going to be a help desk. That's where a lot, yep. a lot of us start. But then look for security-related subjects to inject yourself into and become Uh the SME at your company for that group.
1: You know, that's actually how I got my start in security is way back when I was a general-purpose IT guy. I was the one that was like, oh, I'll learn the firewall. Oh, I'll learn the anti-spam solution. Oh, I'll learn the – and whatever security stuff came along back then, I was always the first one to volunteer to learn it and master it. And after a while, I realized I've got five or six security things under my belt. Ooh. (laughs) I could focus on security and I became the security guy. So how about those that are transitioning, laid off job transitions, you know, the folks that are further along in their careers, again, you don't have the cycles and the bandwidth to mentor everybody. So here's your one chance, quick first of advice for that crowd. What do you got?
0: Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone and understand that the job search, job search food pyramid has flipped upside down. So what I mean by that is there used to be a day where, The top two things that you did when you were looking for a job was update your resume and submit your application to as many places as possible. Mm -hmm. And further down the list was continuing education and maybe you'd go to networking events or whatever. That pyramid has flipped upside down. And I would suggest to you that the number one thing you need to do is attend networking events. You need to get Mm -hmm. out there and, and build your network, build your personal contacts from those events. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not just about adding LinkedIn connections. These need to be meaningful connections. So you go to the networking event, you meet somebody, you have a good conversation with them, follow up a week later and say, you want to grab coffee. Right. Intentionally target people who, who, could, be, who could be mentors, even if it's just asking a question over LinkedIn or whatever. But then number three would be continued education. Uh, my recommendation would be spend some of your time learning something new. You'll build your confidence and you'll be able to demonstrate that you're doing something useful. An employer will interview you. They'll say, what have you been doing with your time? Well, I'm working on this right. certification. Uh, I'm learning this. Uh, number four, personal branding. And that kind of goes along with number one, two, and three. But here's the, yeah. here's the thing that a lot of people who find themselves, the person who's got 20 plus years experience, they suddenly find themselves out of a job. They haven't been networking. They've, you know, they yeah. feel like they have nothing here's the deal. You've got 20 years experience. You've got yep. stories. You've got something to talk about. Get out of your comfort zone. Start branding yourself as a subject matter expert. Go mm-hmm. go to these events. It's very easy to get a speaking gig at an event. So some people mm-hmm. may not be comfortable speaking, but let's say you're just uh, like on the fence. Well, after you've done it a couple times, it's really easy. I mean, you really get comfortable with it. I mean, I Wait, here's the other thing, Alan, do you have your certification and doing podcasts? Nope. <laughs> Why are you doing podcasts? You just started doing podcasts, right?
1: Exactly. I, I just started doing it because it was fun.
0: So, I, I mean, that would be my biggest advice to somebody who finds themselves in transition is, is, is flip things upside down. Spend less time on your resume and less time submitting applications where you're gonna, probably going to get filtered out by an ATS system. Get out of right. your comfort zone. Start branding yourself as a subject matter expert. Find your niche. Write down your stories. We've all got war stories. You've been in IT Mm -hmm. 20 years and now you're laid off. Take take an hour out of your day and just start writing down your war stories. Guess what? You very quickly will have speaking material. Go out to these conferences. It's very easy to just Google 2022 DFW security conferences. Make a list of them. Go to their website. Write a paper and start asking them, start emailing them, send your paper, say, hey, mm-hmm. I want to speak. At least for ISSA, when we do the cybersecurity conference, we don't vet people by whether or not they're employed. We vet people right. by the by the quality of the content and what they send us yeah. to speak about.
1: Yep. So, Is this an interesting topic? Let's roll.
0: Flip the job search pyramid upside down, get out of your comfort zone. And brand yourself a subject matter expert, and start doing speaking gigs. People are gonna see you. uh, You're gonna see your face all over LinkedIn, social media. They'll meet you and see you at these events. Uh, If you've got something to say and it's smart, they're gonna know before you ever interview. Hey, this guy's pretty smart. Let's let's go check him out. I think the world is very different now, today, in terms of job search than it was 20 years ago.
1: I'm gonna add one piece of advice to that, and that's go get a cowboy hat.
0: That helps too. Cowboy
1: cowboy boots. That helps. Cowboy, hat. that cowboy hats help.
0: I have the boots, but not the hat yet.
1: Oh, we got to get you the hat, man. Maybe. Let's flip this around. And I'm going to ask you some questions now from the other perspective of, you know, this is all great mentoring advice. Now, how about being a mentee? What is the best piece of advice you ever received as a mentee?
0: It's really hard to choose. You know, I've got so much good advice, but I would say in the context of this conversation... Visualize your success. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, if you've ever watched, uh, I listened to Arnold, remember Pumping Iron? Yeah. Man, I love that video. It's all about visualization. I found myself in a situation, and one of the reasons I I empathize with people who are in transition is I found myself in transition back in 2019. And one thing I quickly, quickly did was I visualized, I decided where I wanna be, and it was a CISO role. And I visualized myself in a CISO role, and then I branded myself a subject matter expert. Started going to events and started lining up speaking gigs as a CISO subject matter mm-hmm. expert. And uh, it was through that networking and those speaking gigs that I reconnected with somebody who who I had worked with two decades mm-hmm. ago, who had just landed at Maxor, who talked to me and then took my resume and put it on the CIO's desk. Mm-hmm and said, you should talk to this guy. He would make a good CISO. I'll be honest, I am I am a terrible interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if any of your listeners have interviewed me for a job in the past, they'll go, yeah, he's, he's pretty bad. But for whatever reason, <laughs> ju- the chemistry was there and my interviews with Maxwell, I just clicked with everybody who interviewed nice. with me. I was comfortable and I, and I just knocked it out of the park and it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I'm the CISO at Maxor. It's been a phenomenal experience because Maxor as a company has a fantastic culture. And I just feel like my opinions are respected. Mm -hmm. And when I set a strategy, we shift and we go in the direction of that strategy. But it all started with the visualization. I mean, I was visualizing myself as a CISO before I was ever a CISO and the rest kind of followed.
1: So proactive, embracing of the future. And dive on it and go. This is all great advice you're giving. This is great advice. So last question, and this is one I ask every guest, what have you learned outside of cybersecurity that has helped you in cybersecurity?
0: This is a good one. And it's a, my arrogance radar is very high. (laughs) I've been, like I said, I've been in martial arts for 30 years longer than I've been in security. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing I've learned is that no matter how much experience you have, no matter how much training you have and how many credentials you have, there is always somebody better than Mm -hmm. you. So stay humble. And I honestly, a lot of the blockers people have to, to being a mentee, to receiving mentorship, to learning from their mistakes, to learning from other people is, is their own Mm area. Um, and, and so that, that would be, That would be one key thing that I learned outside that I would, that I would love to see everybody, uh, embrace is to just, just be humble.
1: I like it. That's great advice. And that's, uh, yeah, it's, um, I I try to remind myself that I'm just this idiot with a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> just because I have the mic, it's easy to think, well, I'm the expert. I've got the microphone in front of me and I can talk now. And um, and, and and to your point, anybody who's been in the industry for even just a couple of years or more can be broadcasting, can be transmitting, can be on a microphone doing a podcast, can be writing a blog post, can be putting together a paper, can be speaking at a conference. Like every one of us has a story to yeah. tell. And I think every one of us should.
0: Yeah. Oh, and that's a great point. I mean, if you're not comfortable speaking, write some papers. Yep. Write papers and then publish them on yep. LinkedIn. Blog posts. Get out there. Blog posts. Yeah, absolutely. There's other avenues to getting, to getting yourself out yep. there.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, David Belanger, CISO at Maxor National Pharmacy, respected member of the Dallas-Fort Worth CISO community. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now. <laughs>